Shalom mishpocha. Shalom family. Mishpocha is a Hebrew word. means family. And we're the mishpocha, the family with a Jewish heart, made up of Jewish and non-Jewish people where the middle wall of separation between Jew and Gentile. It's finally come down to form one new man. Getting ready, mishpocha, to blow the grandest shofar or the grandest trumpet in Zion. We want everyone everywhere to hear the good news. We want everyone everywhere to be Red hot for the Messiah. Well, my guest is sure red hot for the Messiah. I caught up with him. Uh, I have him on the telephone. His name is Jeremy Nelson, uh, and he's in Mexico. And you were telling me before we went on the air, uh, what type of miracles are going on that you're seeing with your eyes in Mexico right now? Well, we've been here for about seven days, and uh, we've been seeing God— just a hill in the sick all over the place. We've been seeing deaf ears opening, blind eyes opening. We've been seeing people that have uh, cancerous tumors dissolving, um, you know, just all kinds of stuff, the stuff that you read about in the Bible. So in other words, if you get it, he's part of what's called the new normal. And God is raising up a new generation of evangelists that are normal as defined by the Bible. Uh, Jeremy, what is God showing you for uh, the near future for believers that are normal as defined by the Bible? What's it going to look like? Well, I think it's going to look like, uh, you know, Acts chapter 2. It says that God's going to pour out his spirit on all flesh and that the sons and daughters are going to have visions and dreams and they're going to prophesy. It says that God's going to do miracles in the heavens above and the earth beneath, and all who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And, you know, I really believe that we're in a time of, of increase uh, when it comes to the supernatural and that God is opening people's eyes like never before. I believe the veil between heaven and earth is, is thinner than ever, and that uh, that God is giving people all over the world encounters. And, and uh, I believe that, that, you know, we're going to see some of the most radical uh, creative miracles as well in this next season as a church, as a whole, not just the leaders doing it, but even everyday ordinary people. Well, that's my passion because the fact of the matter is, at least here in the United States, uh, non-believers generally it, do not go into churches in droves. But right. it, the purpose of the church, as far as I'm concerned, is to equip the believer to do the works of ministry so they can go in the highways and byways and, and have these miracles occur. Um, uh, let's find out a bit about you. You're, you're a young man. How old are you? I'm uh, 32 years old. Okay. And uh, when you were uh, 13 years of age, your mother was had a life-threatening, actually terminal disease, cancer, yep. uh, stage 4 cancer. Uh, yeah. And uh, tell me what happened to her. Well, what happened was uh, my mother had stage four breast cancer. And uh, uh, did she have a grid at all for healing and miracles? Well, actually, at this time, I wasn't even saved, and uh, you know, my my mother wasn't saved either. And um, this is actually the story of how my mom got saved, and she was the first, you know, first Christian to ever be in our family. But what had happened was she, uh, you know, got cancer and and it got so bad that she had lost all of her hair and uh you know doctors kind of gave up on her and they didn't know what to do and then someone 
uh, one of her friends actually gave her a Bible and said, hey, you ought, to, you ought to read this. I think this is the answer. And so she read the Gospels. And as she read the Gospels, she saw that, you know, God heals. And, and so she decided that she was going to pray. And so she cried out to God and she said, God, if you're really real and you healed these people, then I'm asking you to heal me. And instantly her spiritual eyes opened and she went into a, a vision and she watched as the hand of God touched her and when the hand of God touched her she was instantly healed from cancer and uh, actually ended up going back to the doctors and they did medical research on her and couldn't find a trace of cancer now did this have an effect on you at say age 13 uh, did it change your whole life did you become a strong believer you know I, I didn't actually get saved till uh, I was 22 but it did have a great effect on me because I knew that God was real well, actually, uh, not, it's, you know, you had what is affectionately called as a praying mother. You stood no chance. You know that, Jeremy, don't you? <laughs> That's true. And, and in fact, as you, you're, you're in your heathen state, uh, and uh, you're about ready to, uh, 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 to actually uh, have a, tr- a terrific tragedy happen in your life. You're 16. You stole your father's Corvette, and worse than that, you get into an accident. What happened? Well, you know, this was, I was around seven, you know, 16, 17 years old, and uh, anyway, it was pretty crazy. You know, my parents went away for a weekend, and I was just one of those rebellious kids, and so my dad had a, a beautiful Corvette, so when he was out of town, I threw a couple friends in the car, and I said, hey, let's take it for a spin, you know, he'll never know, and when we uh when we actually took off um we were driving away from my house and we we got up to about 50 miles an hour and we went around a curve and we actually flew off the road and uh we actually hit a bunch of trees and uh, i had no seat belt on and um i actually got ejected out of the car and uh, i flew through the roof uh, through the sunroof and I, I i actually watched the vehicle go over me and I, I was watching myself going into the darkness, and I, I knew that I was about to land on my head. But right before I landed upon my head, there was about five flashes of light that hit. It was just boom, 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 and not a not a an injury happened to me being ejected out of a vehicle at 50 miles an hour. And uh, I knew that when that happened, those flashes of light were angels that you know had saved me. And I, I also knew. Um, even afterwards, that it was because I had a praying mother. Well, okay, you go to college, you're in your junior year, and you have a radical experience with Jesus. It had to be radical because you were into drugs and alcohol. Briefly, what happened? Well, you know, I was uh, junior year of college. I was at Sonoma State University. I was playing baseball. And, uh, you know, I, I was living a crazy lifestyle, just drinking, binge drinking every night and drugs. And um, anyway, my I actually got saved. Um, I went home for a Thanksgiving break to be with my mother and uh, and my father. They live in Colorado. And, and I ended up giving my life to Jesus uh, while I was there. And it was amazing because when I gave my life to Jesus, you know, the day that I prayed for, for Jesus to come in my heart, I never touched drugs again, never touched alcohol again. I mean, there was this radical fire and this radical love for God that was there. I started reading the Bible all the time. And, uh, and then about a month into being sick. How, how does, help me out. How does someone go from being drunk every night 
into drugs, living a party life, um, uh, to having a hunger for the Bible and no addiction for any of these drugs. How does that happen overnight? Well, it's supernatural. I mean, you know, the thing that the thing that happened for me was uh, I was at such a low at this point of time in my life. I mean, I I, I wanted to play pro baseball. Um, you know, I, I was in college doing that, and I was trying to quit drinking. I was trying to quit, you know, the the drugs I was doing and be a good person, but I just kept falling. You know, after a week or two of trying, I would fall back into it because of my friends. And then when I um, went to church with my mother, I remember, you know, when it came time to give my life to Jesus, nobody led me to Jesus at church. I actually just went into my room and and uh, by myself with God, I looked up at the ceiling and I said this to God. I said, God, here's the deal. I said, I hate my life and where I'm going. And I said, you know, um, if I'm going to have you come into my life, I said, just as hard as I've run into darkness, I'm going to run into the light, and I'm never going to look back. And so I said, I want you to come into my life, and this is the kind of experience I want. I actually told God that, and I said, um, I said, I don't want to be like the hypocrites, those that you know say they love you and, and that they follow you, but then at the same time they live in the world. And so I just, all I did, I didn't even know how to get saved. I just said, all right, Jesus, however you got to do this, come into my life, come into my heart. And uh, that was it. And I, I, I didn't feel any goosebumps, Sid, didn't feel any tickles, nothing. But the next day I woke up with a radical fire that's never stopped. And, and so funny, speaking, super- of a, speaking of a fire... Uh, a month later, you go to San Francisco for the call. 10,000 young people worshiping God, praying to God. Heidi Baker is speaking, and a presence of God comes over you. Describe that. Yeah, so, yeah, my first experience, you know, with a massive Christian event. And um, we're, we're at the call, San Francisco. Uh, you know, the stadium is packed out with kids fasting and praying and and uh, Heidi Baker stands up, and uh, at this time, I'd never seen anybody like Heidi Baker before. You know, she's standing up, and she's manifesting in the Holy Spirit, and she stands up and begins to proclaim that God was about to release a, a baptism of the Holy Ghost and boldness and fire. And, and as she does, she says that she sees the winds of the Spirit coming into the stadium, and she tells all the kids, she says, if you want this anointing, get down on your knees right now and ask God for it. And so when she said that, I got on my hands and knees, and I just began to cry out. And I said, God, I want the, the boldness of God. I want the fire of God. I want the baptism of the Holy Ghost that Heidi's talking about. And as I was crying out, Heidi actually began to pray that the winds of heaven would be released for a baptism. And she just kept repeating over and over this one phrase. She kept saying, blow, Holy Spirit, blow. And as she did that, in the natural, there was no wind. And the wind began to pick up, Sid. And I would say she said it at least 100 times. And by the time she got to about the 40th or 50th time of saying, blow, Holy Spirit, blow, the wind was actually blowing so hard that trash was blowing all around the stadium, that the the winds were almost blowing people over. I mean, this is this was unusual. This was supernatural. And as a result, the fire of God came on me. And- Whoops. Hold that thought. We're running out of time. We'll pick up right here on tomorrow's broadcast. But Mishpacha, the fire of God has never left Jeremy Nelson. And <laughs> we produced in our television studio 
a special DVD called Activating Your Spiritual Senses. And I can tell you, God has given him such power in moving in the supernatural realm of not your natural senses, but your spiritual senses. He can see things in the spirit. He can hear things in the spirit. He can feel things in the spirit. Every sense is activated, and he prays these prayers of impartation. He also has two CDs that we're making available, and in a book, the CDs are on one is on angels, keys to supernatural encounters with God. The other is on dreams and visions. And he tells you step by step how to, how to position yourself for encounters with the supernatural realm. And we're making this entire kit available for a gift of $35. Call our order only line, 1 800 447. 2697. 1-800-447-2697. The thing that I love about Jeremy is that he's willing to share the secrets that Jesus has shown him, and he's equipping large numbers of believers to do the same thing that he's doing. We found out on yesterday's broadcast that uh, he became a believer in his junior year of college. He was a mess. He he was uh, partying every night, alcohol, drugs, and just instantly, because he had a praying mother, set free. And a month later, after he gave his heart to the Lord, he went to something that many of you are familiar with called The Call in San Francisco. 10,000 young people on fire. He had never seen someone like one of the speakers, Heidi Baker. Uh, And she started praying for people to receive the wind of the Holy Spirit. And in the natural, wind started blowing. And in the supernatural, what happened to you, Jeremy? Well, as uh, as Heidi began to pray and, and release that baptism of the Holy Spirit and, and fire, and, and when she began to pray that the winds of the Spirit would blow, I had an encounter with God. And uh, to be honest with you, it was one of the first encounters I'd ever had with God supernaturally. And uh, in fact, my, my whole being began to, to shake, and, and I began to feel the fire of God's presence and the fire of God's love on my body. And... and uh, actually went into my first vision ever and uh, i saw a, a vision of uh, of a sleeping giant being awakened and um you know I, I saw that in america god was about to awaken a sleeping giant and that sleeping giant was his church and uh anyway the the experience that i i received when the winds uh, of heaven blew that day actually lasted for three days sid um, you know, the, the fire of God kept, kept falling in my car when I'd pray. It kept falling um, in my home when I would pray. And, and there was actually an impartation of a, a boldness that I'd never had before. And I actually ended up going to a lot of my teammates and, and classmates and preaching the gospel to them, even though I'd never done that before. And even though I would have been timid to, there was a boldness that came as a result of that. And, but... <laughs> And then you started having miracles happen. Everything you read in the Bible, which was wonderful. But what I don't understand is here you're a fairly new believer. You're on fire for the Lord, but you start getting frustrated. What were you frustrated with? Well, I was frustrated because 
on that one day when the fire fell and the winds blew, I had a vision. And it was very clear to me. But after that, I had not had any more. And I was frustrated because I was seeing the healing, but I wasn't seeing the supernatural. And I would read the Bible and I would see that angels visited people and I would see that people had trances and dreams and encounters. And I just, I really wanted the full experience in Christ and what the Bible said was our inheritance. And so, you know, I, I, I was crying out for that. And so there was a frustration in my heart because I wasn't seeing that. All right. And then you met someone that has been a guest on Messianic Vision who moved in all these things, had all these types of experiences. His name was Bobby Connor. And uh, he, you started traveling with him. Uh, and was he having everything you wanted, all those experiences? Yeah, he was. And, you know, I met Bobby in a conference, and randomly he walked up to me and he said, hey, boy, how'd you like to travel the world with me? God says you're one of my sons. And so I started traveling with Bobby, and I remember the first trip that I went on with Bobby was to Holland, and we shared a, we shared a house together, and for, I'd say, three, four hours a day, he told me nothing but testimonies of Jesus visiting him, the angelic visiting him, uh, dreams and visions and encounters. It was all the stuff that I had in my heart that I wanted to move into and wanted to see, and here's Bobby telling me about all of that. And there's a key to what Jeremy is sharing right now. As he shared these testimonies, you were the first key is you were hungry for more. You knew there was more. The second key is as he started sharing these supernatural experiences, I believe there is an impartation that occurs when you read the stories in the Bible and then you see someone in this generation doing the same thing. What did it do for you? Well, what it did was it activated me. And, uh, you know, at first, when Bobby was telling me all the stories, I actually was just frustrated because I felt like, you know, I would close my eyes to pray and I would see nothing but the back of my eyelids. And, you know, I even questioned, I said, man, do I got the same salvation he has? And uh, Tell me one of the most wild stories he told you uh, just to whet our appetite. Yeah, one of the encounters that really just uh, blessed me and, even challenge where I was at with encounters that Bobby had was, uh, you know, he had had a dream. And in this dream, he was in Peru, and he was there. He was preaching the gospel, and there were many that were being saved and healed. He was, you know, in a, a massive uh, stadium with a healing campaign, and, and all these people were getting saved. And in the dream, they actually escorted him out of the stadium, and they put him on a, a llama. And he began to ride this llama, and as he was riding the llama down a hill, in this experience that he was having, the llama tripped. And when the llama tripped, he and the llama fell and, and started sliding down the hill. And, and as he fell, he woke up out of the dream. And when he woke up out of the dream, he, he screamed. And all of a sudden, his wife, who was lying next to him, she woke up. And he told her, oh, I'm sorry. I was in a dream where I was preaching in, you know, in Peru. And, and I, I, I came out of this dream. And so he went back to sleep. But then... In the morning, when light came and he was getting ready to get ready for his day, he got up and he was shocked to find that at the foot of his bed were the clothes that he was wearing in the dream, covered with dirt and covered with llama hair, including his boots and his his jeans and his shirt. And so anyway, it was amazing because it was very evident that it wasn't just a dream, but he had actually been there, Sid. 
that had to change his life forever. Uh, oh, yeah. Okay. What was the first supernatural thing that happened to you after you got activated by traveling with Bobby Connor? Well, uh, the first thing that happened to me is I actually ended up getting transported 2,700 miles from one nation to another nation and then back. Well, that's pretty supernatural. Uh, you got to tell me more about that. What What did you do in this nation 2,700 miles away? Well, what happened was, uh, you know, when I was with Bobby, and, um, you know, one of the things he told me was he said, Jeremy, one of the keys to an open heaven over a believer's life is to talk about the things of God. He said, Colossians 3.1, set your mind and your affections on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. And he said, if you'll meditate on heavenly things, heavenly things will happen in your life. And he challenged me. Before I left that time with him, he said, I challenge you to talk about Jesus and talk about the supernatural, talk about miracles. He said, if you'll do that, the supernatural will happen. So I, I left from being with Bobby in Holland, and I ended up doing uh, – I was actually starting ministry then, and I did some ministry in New Jersey. And I told a friend of mine, I said – we were flying back from New Jersey all the way to, to Vancouver. I said, hey, let's just talk about God. Let's talk about the supernatural. So we began to tell testimonies to each other. We began to talk about miracles that we had seen and things that we had heard of God doing that were supernatural. I told him a whole bunch of Bobby's stories, like the ones that I just told you. And, and so anyway, then we get back to Vancouver, and we're in – my brother Josh picks us up in, in my vehicle, in my car – and when we get in the car, we start telling him testimonies of supernatural and things that have happened. And, and all of a sudden, as we're driving down the Vancouver Highway, I had a friend in the back seat who was the other guy I was talking to. His name is Craig Kinsley. He starts screaming at the top of his lungs, ah, ah, we're in Mississippi, we're in Mississippi. And I turn around and I look at him, and I'm, then I turn back around. We're no longer on the Vancouver Highway, but we're actually on a normal, regular seat, or street, and there's cars going by, there's uh, houses, and we actually look to the left, and there's a man mowing the lawn. And my friend Craig from the back, he goes, I know that man. I know that man. I went to high school with him. And he's just in the back freaking out. And I'm in the front seat laughing, and my brother's driving stunned. He doesn't know what's going on. And all of a sudden, I look back at Craig again. And when I look back forward, boom, we're right back on the Vancouver Highway. And uh, anyway, the amazing thing about it was my friend actually called the guy that was mowing the lawn the next day and said, were you mowing the lawn yesterday? Me and my friend saw you. And the guy said, wow, you're freaking me out. I know you're prophetic, but I didn't realize you could see me mowing the lawn. Uh, Jeremy, what did this encounter? I mean, here you went from frustrated. You have this first encounter. What did it mean to you? It meant everything to me. I mean, Honestly, the I never felt so loved of God that you know He would bless me and entrust me to have an encounter like this, and it was exactly what I was asking God for was more of Him and more of His kingdom, and so I was very excited and I was very blessed by it. I have to tell you, Jeremy Nelson, uh, that when I watch you, it stirs my faith, and my staff have been. Uh, uh, going over your materials, and they're starting to have supernatural dreams. Are you f getting this same feedback from others? Uh, yes, I am, and that's amazing. Tell, tell, me, tell me one person that comes to mind. Well, we, you know, we had a guy that uh, I actually went and preached at his church, and, and 
and Texas and San Antonio. And uh, anyway, his son, he had listened to the Dreams and Visions uh, teaching over and over again. He, he listened to it several times. And, uh, you know, I think he, he even said maybe 20 times. And uh, anyway, what it did for him is it just launched him into um, going from a place of no encounters to having three and four dreams a night. And, uh, you know, one of the things that specifically happened for him, which was amazing, was that God opened up the angelic realm. And uh, what happened for him is he, he was listening to the DVD, uh, the CD, and, and he was meditating on the stuff that was there. And, and um, he ended up going on a missions trip to Jamaica. And uh, when he was on this trip, he had a dream. And uh, in this dream, he felt the Lord touch his stomach. And when he woke up from the dream, in the natural, there was an angel standing over him. And as the angel was standing over him, he heard the angel say, Today, God wants to heal deaf ears. And so he went to the, the healing campaign that they were doing, and he had never personally seen uh, miracles. And he, he went, and by faith, he stood up in front of you know 700 people and said, Jesus is going to heal deaf ears today because I had an encounter. And five people came forward, and five people that were totally deaf were totally healed, Sid. Oh, well, that's got to that's got to excite you more than if you were the one doing it, because you're multiplying yourself. Yeah, that's this is what our goal is. You know, we're we feel called to to see the church rise up. I mean, that's what the the true fivefold ministry does. Like it says in the book of Ephesians, that some are given to be apostles and prophets and teachers and evangelists, and that they're called to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. Uh, Jeremy, uh, I love it when you teach on angels because it's uh, you started having your gifts activated as far as seeing the angelic realm by studying it from the Bible. Uh, and uh, one of the things I love, I love about what you teach is you teach Scripture, then you talk about your experience, and then you pray in your book a supernatural prayer and on the DVD to activate uh, all of these giftings. But let's talk just briefly. What is the difference between uh, uh, two types of angels, uh, the, the, the seraphim and the cherubim? Well, the, the seraphim angels, they are, the word seraphim actually means fiery ones. And so the seraphim angels are the angels that carry God's fire. And, uh, you know, it's like Isaiah had an encounter with the seraphim angel in Isaiah 6. It talks about how he had a throne room, with ex- throne room experience with Jesus, and he saw the train of his robe, and it filled the temple. And it actually says that a, that a seraphim angel flew up to him with a coal of fire and touched his lips. And as he touched his lips, his sin was purged, and he was purified, and he was then released in his calling. And so what the seraphim angels do is they release purity in the earth. And And boy, does this earth need purity with the advent of the computer. I I mean, it's amazing how people are being defiled at such a young age. Uh, We need more seraphim. Tell me about the other type of angel, I asked, the cherubim. Yeah, the cherubim. um, The cherubim angels are the angels that bring God's glory. And, uh, you know, Ezekiel 10.4, it it talks about these cherubim angels, and it actually says in that reference that these angels came and the bright brilliance of God's glory filled the the temple or filled the church. And I believe that these are the angels that usher in the presence of God. Okay, tell me about one encounter where the cherubim showed up. 
well, I've been in some meetings where um, the the cherubim showed up, and I could see them in the spirit. And and I remember one meeting in particular uh, where I was in British Columbia, and we were doing a conference, and the cherubim angels showed up. And uh, there was a special presence of God that came, and there was over 30 people healed instantly in the atmosphere. There was uh, over 21 people that received gold teeth in their mouth, and one woman actually received 13 gold teeth in one mouth, Sid. And mm. and there was gold dust that, that fell on the, the whole front row of the meeting. Now, when you say gold dust, for those that have never experienced it, how tangible was it? How, how could could everyone see this, or was it a couple tiny little flakes? Um, everyone could see it. I mean, it was. There were people that were caked with it all over them, all over their bodies, all over their face, all over their clothing. Okay, tell me an experience. Uh, just describe it of when a seraphim showed up in your meeting. Well, oftentimes seraphim will show up in meetings and. Uh, you know, whenever the seraphim show up, whenever I see the angels that hold the coals of fire, I know that it's going to be a meeting of, of deliverance and a meeting of, of healing where God wants to deliver people uh, from things that hold them back or, or even perverse things. And I know that it's going to be a time when, when the captives are going to be set free, especially, uh, you know, things like you were talking about, people that are addicted to pornography or people that, are, um, that, that have addictions to drugs or things even on the Internet. Um, you know, what happens when the seraphim come is they burn away everything that hinders a believer from coming into the very presence of Jesus. You know, what took place in the meeting that night was that many who had uh, addictions to drugs and, and alcohol and, and even people testified uh, that they believed they were set free from pornography. And, uh, you know, they, they felt the fire of God come and, and a burning sensation come upon their body. And they, they felt the same release that Isaiah felt, that their sin and their iniquity had been burned away. The, they felt the shame and the guilt was gone and that they had new life, Sid. Now, you've had, uh, for, a, for a young kid that was frustrated because you weren't seeing the things that happened in the Bible in your life, uh, you've had a lifetime of adventures. Uh, you're on the streets with Miranda, your wife. You see a man walking on crutches uh, because he has no hip. You decide to witness to him what happened. Well, we, me and my wife were driving down the street, and we saw this guy. He's crutching himself across the street, and when we saw him, we just knew we had to pray for him. So we pulled our car in, and we waited across the street for him. And when he got to us, it took him a long time to cross the street, but when he got to us, we just walked up to him and said, Hey, you know, we're believers in Jesus, and uh, we we just love to pray for you. Can we pray for a miracle? And so the guy says, Sure, why not? And uh, so we prayed, we laid hands on him, you know, we, we prayed our best prayer, and then we asked him, we said, so how do you feel? Can you do something you couldn't do before? And when we asked him that, he actually showed us his hip, and there was no hip, Sid. Mm. It was just a hole in his, where the hip was at. And so immediately we thought, wow, <laughs> that's pretty wild. And, and then all of a sudden the man says this to us. He says, I'm really blessed that you guys prayed for me. And he said, thank you. And he goes, in fact, my great-great-grandfather was the man of God that established the Pentecostal church in Canada. And when he said this, Sid, I thought in my own mind, I thought, man, here we are praying for this guy. You know what? We should be getting prayer from him. 
And then all of a sudden, as I'm thinking that, this man goes, hey, can I pray for you and, and, and your wife? Can I pray for you guys that you would receive an impartation? And uh, so I thought, wow, this is amazing. So the man lays hands on us. He begins to pray. And as he begins to pray, he prays that we would receive a Pentecostal fire for signs and wonders and for miracles. And, he, and then he starts prophesying the secrets of our hearts, things that only myself and Miranda would know between us and God. And, and it was amazing because we, we had this encounter. Then all of a sudden, you know, after the encounter, we give him a big hug. We, we say goodbye. We get in the car, and I'm telling you, it must have only been 25, 30 seconds. We turned around, said, and this man was nowhere to be found. He was nowhere to be found. Uh, that sounds like Phil, Philip in the Bible. Uh, he, 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 you know, it, he finds himself in another city. So it could have been a translation or it could have been an angel. What do you think? Well, I believe that it was an angel because— uh, you know, as I as we turned around and he was gone, it it messed with our minds so bad. We actually got out of the car and started looking up and down the streets for the man, <laughs> and we couldn't find him. And the Lord, the Holy Spirit, spoke to me, and He said, "Jeremy, you're not going to find him. It's Hebrews thirteen one through two. He said, "Tell the people of God that they need to begin to move in love and love on people because they never know when they might be entertaining angels." And you never know. Well, let me ask you this question. Are you as hungry as Jeremy was? Are you as frustrated as Jeremy was? If you are, this is as good as you traveling with Jeremy or traveling with Bobby Connor. We produce this special DVD, and, and we have a book on the same subject, Activating Your Spiritual Senses. Uh, and you're going to be taught from the Bible. You're going to hear the power of the testimony, and then Jeremy shares supernatural prayers over you to activate the, your spiritual senses, uh, to uh, how to, to recognize angels, cooperate with angels, starting having dreams and visions. We're making this entire package, Activating Your Spiritual Senses, available for a gift of $35. I will, and, and Jeremy... The thing that excites me so much is you're reproducing yourself. It's the new normal. And I say to you, it's time to become normal. In fact, we should call the kit the new normal. That's what you order for a gift of $35. Call our order-only line, 1-800-447-2697. 1-800-447-2697. Jeremy was at a point that many of you are at. You you read the wonderful supernatural experiences that are normal based on the Bible, and you hear testimonies of others that are doing this, but nothing's going on in your life. And you prayed, and you're just frustrated. And he got together with a man of God, Uh, and started traveling with him. And as the man would share about his supernatural experiences, there was an impartation that literally occurred to Jeremy, and these things started happening to him. For instance, uh, tell me about the uh, sense of touch uh, and sight uh, that were opened up when your spiritual gifts were opened up. Yeah, well, uh, what happened, Sid, was... I was actually hanging out with a a guy who had been walking in the spirit a lot longer than I, a, 
a mature prophet. And uh, anyway, as I was hanging out with him, he began to tell me about a testimony um, of an angel that had visited him while he was in prayer. And uh, in this experience that he had with this angel, this angel came to him and had a, a, a blue ball, like a gift. He knew it was a gift from God, and it was like a blue ball of light. And the angel walked right up to him and shoved it right in his belly. And when he shoved it in his belly, all of a sudden, the uh, the guy felt an impartation, and he knew that it was an impartation from the Lord to see more in the Spirit. And anyway, as you know, this happened, um, he, he began to share the testimony everywhere that he went. And, and as he would you know, share the testimony. He told people how his spiritual eyes opened way more as a result from the encounter. And, uh, and so anyway, after, after I had heard this encounter, I personally said to God, because I'd learned that the testimony of Jesus is a spirit of prophecy, Revelations 19.10, I, I said to God, Lord, I want the same kind, uh, I want the same kind of an encounter. I said, God, if you'll do it with him, I'm your son too. And so anyway, the next day, um, you know, I, I, I began to pray, and I actually got up early in the morning, about six in the morning. I began to pray in the spirit, and uh, as I was praying, all of a sudden I, I, I fell into a trance, and I couldn't see anything. But I felt that there was an angel in the room, and I felt a hand go into my stomach, Sid. And when it went into my stomach, I felt a warmth, and all of a sudden I knew that I had just had the same kind of an experience. But the weird thing was I didn't see it. I felt it. But the result from the encounter was amazing because I started having dreams and visions and, and more encounters than I'd ever had before. But the difference between my encounter and the other guys was that he saw it and I felt it. Well, let me, let me ask you this question. At a normal meeting, describe to me what goes on in the supernatural. What do you see how do you operate with what you see or feel? What happens? Well, a lot of times, you know, in our meetings, I would say 90% of the time when we minister, we move out in words of knowledge, healing, and miracles. And a lot of times um, what I'll see is in the supernatural realm, I'll see angels that come to the meetings. And sometimes what I'll see is a shaft of light, and I know that that's an angelic presence. Other times I'll actually see a, 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 a physical angel um, different things like that. Uh, John chapter 5, verse 4, talks about a healing angel that came down to stir up the, the pool of Bethesda where many blind and lame and sick people were lying, and whoever would step in the pool would be healed first. And it's kind of like that, Sid, where we the angelic comes, and I know that it's a sign to me that God wants to do tremendous miracles. All right, the shaft of light, does that mean there's an angel there? Is that what that tells you? Yes, most of the time when I see the shafts of light, I believe that it's an angelic being. Describe to me what a shaft of light looks like. Well, to me, it just uh, it looks like a, a a large beam of light that that I can see in my spiritual eyes in a certain place in the room, and it usually comes right in the front near where I'm ministering. And so when I see the shaft of light. Uh, it's like a light beam. I'll just put the people that God tells me to pray for in that shaft of light, and the miracles happen. Oh, that sounds really neat. Uh, uh, how often, will, when you see the shaft of light, uh, and you've had words of knowledge, uh, and you put per- a person right in that <laughs> shaft of light, uh, how often are people healed? I would say almost every time, Sid. 
That's got to be the most marvelous gift. Um, now, also, you have uh, another unusual thing that's happening. Gemstones are starting to materialize. Tell me about one. Well, what started happening for me was I actually had a vision when I was praying. And as I had a vision, I was taken into a large treasure room in heaven. And I knew that I was in the treasure room of heaven. And as far as the eye could see, on the left side was silver. As far as the eye could see, on the right side was gold. And in this experience, when I was there, I seen all this treasure in, in God's treasury. But there was another room on my right that I was attracted to more than the room of gold and silver. And when I looked to the, uh, to the right, there was a room full of gemstones, Sid. So I walked into the room. And when I looked at all the gemstones, I noticed that on each gemstone, there was a different attribute of God. So I would pick up a gemstone, and on the gemstone, it would say wisdom. I'd pick up another one, it would say revelation. I'd pick up another one, it would say healing anointing. I'd pick up another one, it would say angelic visitation. I'd pick up another one, it would say purity. And as I would pick these gemstones up, it was like I knew they were imparted to me. And all of a sudden, after a few minutes of this, I came out of the encounter, and God began to speak to me. I said, God, what was that? And the Lord began to tell me this. He said, Jeremy, I just showed you the economy of God according to my perspective, not according to yours. He said, Jeremy, on earth, everything revolves around silver and gold. He said, in heaven, silver and gold is just asphalt. He said, but the true treasures of heaven are the gemstones the, that you saw. And, and the gemstones that I saw were the riches of wisdom and revelation and the anointing and the healing power of God. They were the visitations of God. They were everything that the Holy Spirit gives to us as a church to empower us. And so in this experience, I felt the Lord showed me what treasure looks like from his perspective rather than from man's. And it was at that point that the gemstones began to appear in my meetings, Sid. Now... Out of curiosity, when someone gets a gemstone, what if they were to go to a jewelry store and say, appraise it? Uh, would they be just like a, a, a gemstone that you would purchase somewhere? Tell, uh, tell me an example. Well, we've actually had, you know, many times people go and they take the stones and sometimes people will call them a diamond. They'll say, that is a diamond and every time that they look at it, though, the thing that really makes them wonder about these stones is that they're perfect. There's no flaws in the cut. A lot of times the cuts aren't cuts that are usually done um, by jewelers here on the earth. And, and what happens is a lot of times um, the jewelers will look at them and they'll say, this is too perfect. We've never seen anything like this. Have you ever heard of anyone that got a gemstone that went and got it appraised and how much money was it worth? Yes, we have. Uh, you know, we, we've had two different things happen. Um, one time, you know, we had a, a woman who actually um, found a gemstone in one of the meetings, and she took it to three different appraisers, and, and they, they looked at it. They, they said, this is one of the most beautiful diamonds that we've ever seen. Um, you know, they, they told her that this diamond is, is worth $30,000, and she actually had got similar quotes from two other you know, people that, that look at stones. Uh, speaking about gemstones, it's not a big jump to talk about money. There are actually angels uh, assigned to bring money to people. Do you believe that? 
Yes, I do. I believe that, you know, God releases the angelic to bring help to his people. And, uh, you know, the Bible says that the angels of heaven are ministering spirits to assist those who are to inherit salvation. And uh, I think that there are times when God will send the angelic realm to bring breakthrough where people are struggling, including with finances. Now, I have heard of people that have had offerings, and the church adds the offering up. I mean, really does a professional job, and that's the, they get a total. And then they add it again, and they get a total, and it's more. Then they add it again and get a total, and it's more. And they're not making a mistake. Has anything like that ever happened to you? Uh, yes. One time I was in Singapore, and uh, we were doing some ministry out there, and uh, one of the contacts dropped me off at the airport to fly back to the United States. Um, this must have been about five years ago. And uh, anyway, when, when he dropped me off, uh, he gave me an envelope, and he said that God had spoke to him to sow a seed of blessing into my life. And so I took the envelope and went in, checked, checked into uh, the airport, and then I opened the envelope, and there was 350 Singaporean dollars in the envelope. And uh, so I told my friend, I said, hey, you know what? I'm going home from here to California to be the best man at my brother's wedding. So I said, you know what? I need to buy my brother a, a wedding gift. So God has just provided me money to do that. And so we went and we looked for a wedding gift and I found a couple watches, uh, guys and girls set of watches. And I told my friend, I said, I got $350 Singaporean. Um, I want to buy these watches. The watches came up to around $500, so I knew that I'd have to put in some of my own money. But I told my friend, I said, let's go eat lunch, and I'll decide if I want to get the watches, and we can come back. So we went, and we ate lunch, and we came back, and when we uh, went back to the watch shop, I said, I'll take those watches. The guy rang up the watches. They came up to about $497.38, and uh, anyway, I, I took out my money out of the envelope, and I counted. And as I counted, all of a sudden, I had $400 in my hand, and I knew that I had only had 350 And uh, And so anyway, then my friend, I, I told him, I said, look at this, I got $400. He said, hey, count it again. So I counted it again, and all of a sudden, I had 450 in my hand. And then the guy behind the counter who had no clue what we were doing, he said, hey, count it again. I counted it again, and it multiplied right there, Sid. Everybody saw the the finances multiply. I'm gonna have. What did it multiply to? It multiplied to five hundred dollars. I. You know what? I'm gonna have you count my money anytime you want to. Before we went on the air, uh, my stomach started shaking, for lack of better words. It was like the Holy Spirit inside uh, uh, of uh, of my spirit was just going up and down. And, and uh, uh, Jeremy, I believe this means something special is going to happen on this show. What do you think? Yeah, I believe that. I believe that, you know, it's uh, a sign that, that God is awakening the kingdom. You know, the, the Bible says the kingdom of heaven is within us. And I believe that there's a, an impartation for miracles and for faith and for the supernatural that God is going to to release in this show. And I, I believe that you're you're beginning to feel that even right now in the studio, Sid. Well, you told me before we went on the air uh, that God is doing amazing creative miracles now. Uh, tell me about some of them. Yeah, well, we've been seeing God move uh, very miraculously. You know, we were in Oklahoma. Um, and, and we saw a, a girl who had 
been in an accident several years ago. And um, anyway, we had a word of knowledge that God wanted to heal somebody from from a condition where doctors had surgically implanted metal into their bodies. And so I just gave a word of knowledge. I said, anybody that has metal surgically implanted in your body, uh, come forward right now. We want to pray for you. And uh, a young girl came forward around 20 years old, and um, she had actually broken her face. And so Sid, the, the doctors had put seven metal plates in her face and 30 pins that, that had screwed them, screwed the, the metal together in the face. And, and so anyway, we, uh, we ended up laying hands on her, praying for her. And as I prayed for her, she felt the fire of God go through her face. And then all of a sudden, she started to, to, to freak out because she could actually feel her face for the first time in a couple years, and, and she started screaming out, I can feel my face, I can feel my face. And uh, anyway, she believed it was a sign that God had healed her, so she went back to the doctor that had actually um, put the metal in, and when they did x-rays, she had a brand new face, Sid. Uh, that has got to be, the, for her, the most wonderful miracle in the world. Uh, but you're even seeing limbs starting to get re- restored, like fingers or knuckles. Tell me about that. Yeah. Um, you know, in Australia earlier this year, uh, there was a girl in one of the meetings who was born. Um, you know, she was born with a birth defect in her hand where she had a growth plate problem. And uh, and, and so as a result, two fingers were shorter than the other. They're about halfway, uh, half half developed then halfway developed less than the other ones. And anyway, the knuckles were also missing. And uh, anyway, in a meeting, we released the love of Jesus. We released the power of God. We declared that God was doing creative miracles into the atmosphere. And when she raised her hand, uh, it was amazing because the two fingers grew out. The knuckles came back on her on her hand, and, and God had done a creative miracle with her. And, um, yeah, we've been seeing some amazing stuff like that. We also had a, a testimony recently about a man in, in Oklahoma in Tulsa who had had his thumb cut off. And uh, when when his thumb was cut off, we prayed for him after uh, a meeting. And I just now, said had got a report back that over time God actually grew that thumb back. Uh, you know, we're just beginning we're just entering in, and I can't think of a better time, Jeremy, for people to get your whole kit called The New Normal. We recorded a special DVD in our mentoring center in Charlotte, North Carolina, called Activating Your Spiritual Senses. And did you know that every natural sense, there's a supernatural sense? And when you operate in the supernatural sense, that's when all these miracles happen. And I love it because you have a book on the subject. You have two CDs, one on dreams and visions, the other on angels. Uh, and you, you share everything you know that, that will help people be launched into the supernatural. But the one thing you can't force on someone is to, for someone to be frustrated and want more. So if I'm speaking to you and you say, that's me, Sid, I'm frustrated. I want more of God. I hear the testimonies on its supernatural and messianic vision. There's got to be something more. Well, if that's you, I want you to get this kit. It's available for a gift of $35. Now, Jeremy, what is God showing you for the people that are listening to us right now? Well, I, I believe right now that, you know, just like in the Bible, 
you know, it, it says that there was a company of prophets that met with Samuel on a mountain, and there was an atmosphere of prophetic. There was an atmosphere of activation, and, and the Bible says that Saul, being a king, not a prophet, entered into that atmosphere, and there was an activation that happened to where he began to prophesy, even as if he was one of the prophets. And what happened as a result is the people of that day said, is Saul one of the prophets? I believe there's an atmosphere right now. The, the, on the line that, that is over the airwaves, an atmosphere of the Holy Spirit that can activate people into giftings and anointings that maybe they've never flowed into and, and activate them into visitations like we've been talking about, Sid. And uh, I believe that just like in the Bible with Samuel and the prophets and there was an activative anointing on the mountain where they were at, there's an activating anointing with us on the phone right now. Boy, I sure can sense it. It it's almost feels, the best way I can describe it, is like silk. Uh, uh, if you would pray what God's showing you right now, and if you listening, you just believe and receive. Yeah. Father, I thank you for those that are listening right now by radio, God. And Lord, right now we do. We release an atmosphere of the Holy Spirit and fire. We release an atmosphere of the, the anointing of God, and we decree right now an activation of, of the Holy Ghost. We decree right now eyes to see, ears to hear, hearts that are sensitive to your word and sensitive to your presence. And God, I pray right now, Lord God, just an Acts chapter 2 blessing over your people, God, that, Lord, you would pour out your spirit, Lord God, that, that we would have visions and that we would have dreams, God. We'd have supernatural encounters with you that give us more revelation of your love and more revelation of your heart and of your kingdom. And, Lord, I also pray for signs and wonders, God, for miracles, Lord, in the heavens above and in the earth beneath, Lord, and even for people right now listening on the, the radio, Lord, that if they need a physical touch from heaven, if they need a miracle, we decree that miracle right now in the name of Jesus. You know, uh, Jeremy, every time that you said heart, I felt that the Lord was quickening to me that there are people that are getting new hearts right now, uh, literally from the parts room in heaven. Uh, yeah. Out of curiosity, have you ever uh, had a vision of the parts room? You know, I've, I've had visions of parts in the spirit. Um, actually, when when that girl got her fingers back, where where the knuckles grew back on, and the the two fingers grew out, as I decreed miracles, I saw in a vision, I saw fingers growing back on a hand before it happened, and I knew in my spirit that those those parts had come from heaven. And I know by the spirit that people that have problems with their neck, pain in your neck, <laughs> watch it. You just move your head, you'll see that pain is gone. And the backs, uh, just if you're driving a car, just stop the car and get out and bend over. Why? Because you have to be like a little child. If you were four years old and your child told, uh, and your father told you to just bend over, you would do it. Become like a little child and just receive what God has for you. No, you say, well, I'm not good enough. Of course you're not. It's God's gift for you right now. And he wants to give you the power to walk in holiness. But yeah. I, I, you know something else that, that happens to you? Your spiritual senses for smell have developed in the supernatural. Tell me one quick experience. Yeah, well, you know, 
I remember one time I was in a meeting and uh, I was gonna gonna preach a message of repentance and fire, and you know I, I had this uh, prophetic inkling on on some strongholds that were going on in the church that I was visiting, and and so I was going to bring more of a a message of of correction, and and I remember at that point it was early in my ministry. Um, you know, I, I, I had a lot of miracles happening, but I think at that point I lacked love somewhat. And so I was going to bring an Elijah message of fire and repentance. And I remember I went to the meeting and I had my message ready and I got into the pulpit to preach. And right when I stood into the pulpit, the whole room began to smell like the fragrance of wine. And I mean, it was overwhelming, Sid, to where everybody in the room could smell it. It wasn't because somebody who had had too much to drink had come to the meeting that night. It was supernatural. And as a as a result, people starting to started to get overwhelmed by the presence of the Holy Spirit. And God began to speak to me, and He said this to me. He said, "Jeremy, you think that I need to that you you need to preach a word of correction or rebuke the people for them to get set free." He said. I don't want to do that. He said, I want to have a party. He said, laughter does the body good like medicine, just like it says in the Proverbs. And he said, I want you to preach on the new wine of heaven, and you watch the deliverances, and you watch the miracles. What, what happened? And so, you know, it was a sign of a direction to go with this fragrance. What had happened was people were not walking in holiness, but as a result, they were set free from, you know, the the things that, that they were in, perver- you know, perversion over. People were set free from pornography and set free from, um, you know, fear and anger and worry and all kinds of depression. And uh, there were, you know, physical miracles as well. People healed from back pain and arthritis and all kinds of stuff. But uh, the the notable thing was that God delivered them through the joy rather than being rebuked, you know. I want to see incredible testimonies of those that are listening right now. I want to see you activated in the supernatural. I'd like you to get this entire package called The New Normal. It's a DVD and a book, Activating Your Spiritual Senses. Two CDs. When you listen to these, you'll start having supernatural dreams and visions and how to understand and operate with angels and encounters with them, all available for a gift of $35. To hear this week's interview or watch archives of our television show, It's Supernatural, visit our website at www.sidroth.org. That's www.sidroth.org. To receive a complimentary copy of our bi-monthly teaching newsletter, materials catalog, or information about becoming Mishpucha or Chalitzim, write to me, Sid Roth, Post Office Box, 39222 Charlotte, North Carolina, 28278. To place a credit card order, call anytime, 1-800-447-2697. For all other calls, the number is 704-943-6500. That's 704-943-6500. For a CD of this week's broadcast, Send a donation to Sid Roth, that's S-I-D-R-O-T-H, Post Office Box 39222, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28278.